Hi, it's Jim Lundy, founder, CEO, and lead analyst here at Era Research. We're talking about how artificial intelligence is making inroads in many areas, but today we're going to focus on content management. I'm pleased to have with me today Chris McLaughlin, who's the chief marketing officer of enterprise content platform provider Nuxio. Chris, thanks for spending some time with us today. It's a pleasure, Jim. Great to be here with you today. So, Chris, I know you've been in the ECM market for a long time, and I know you've had a, a lot of different roles at firms like IBM FileNet, Thunderhead, and most recently Documentum, but you joined Nuxio a couple of years ago. Just to help the audience get to know you a little bit more, tell us about yourself and about your new firm, Nuxio, so the audience can get to know you. Well, first, Jim, I always wince a little bit when you uh, say long time, but as a matter of fact, it has been a long time, and you and I have been doing this for quite a while now. In terms of myself, I have a fantastic job. I am actually responsible for both product and marketing at Nuxio. So kind of get to define our product strategy and then figure out how we best bring those products to market. So really am enjoying being here. And obviously we've, we've made a lot of progress over the last few years. Like you said, before Nuxio, I had several roles at EMC actually. Finished up there as their CMO, uh, was the CMO at Thunderhead before that and really got started at FileNet and product marketing back in the early 2000s. So as you said, long time. Brings me around to Nuxio. First and foremost, we are a cloud-native content services platform, or what you guys refer to as an enterprise content platform. And we have some very unique AI capabilities that you and I will be talking about later. Uh, the company was founded in uh, 2008. We brought our first product to market in 2008. Have a really rich open source heritage. So we've been kind of iterating on that platform and that product continuously since 2008, which is why we have such a modern product today. Uh, one of the things that makes us unique is that we have really, really strong, rich media capabilities, Jim, as you know. So we kind of combine both enterprise content management and digital asset management capabilities. From a market standpoint, we're very focused on helping customers to kind of uh, modernize their existing content, digital asset management infrastructures. And so as a result for ECM, we're working with a lot of the world's largest banks, insurers, healthcare companies. And on the digital asset management side, we spend a lot of time with leading product companies, with big brands. Uh, we work with a lot of large technology companies, media and entertainment companies. We tend to focus very much on the enterprise space. And then just in terms of market coverage uh, today, we really are focused in the United States and Europe and have offices across both of those geographies. Well, that's great, Chris. And, and I know you've mentioned that you're, you're seeing a lot of success and some major wins. And so just a question, like why are so many large firms selected Nuxio? Um, a few things, really. First and foremost, I, I talked about kind of that modern architecture and what we find, particularly for large enterprises who are now thinking about how do I replace a FileNet or a Documentum or an OpenText or even an Alfresco or a Highland? Architecture really matters to them, right? And they're thinking about, I want a new modern platform that is going to really serve me for the next 20 years. So having a NoSQL-based architecture, having Elasticsearch as our core engine, being designed to run natively on Amazon Web Services is, is really important to our customers. Uh, and beyond Amazon, obviously, we also can be deployed and support Google and Microsoft Azure as well, which kind of brings me to my second point, which is today is really all about cloud. Key difference is, is it our cloud or is it our customer's cloud? So we're not a cloud-only SaaS offering. We run it in our architecture and only our architecture. We really kind of give our customers a choice between, you know, a Nuxio managed solution, which is Nuxio Cloud, and a self-managed solution that they can run in their own cloud infrastructure. But the punchline on all of this is, you know, when you're talking to customers who have 
billions of objects of content, right? Scalability and performance matters. And a cloud native solution is just kind of uniquely designed uh, to grow scale and perform very differently than kind of the, you know, legacy kind of monolithic client server architectures that you and I are familiar with in our history. Speaking of that, Chris, you know, there's there's a lot, I mean, a lot of enterprises have a lot of different content management platforms. And as you know, many of them are starting to get a little long in the tooth or what we call aged. Are you seeing some of that too, where you're starting to replace some of the, you know, you know, some of the products that we just mentioned at the beginning of the webcast? You're yeah, replacing some of those guys? Previously, right? Many of the, the companies that appear in your research globe are, you know, beginning to kind of hit a point where customers are beginning to think about replacement, Jim. Critical thing there is is really it's a combination of things right number one we have customers who are kind of struggling with the cost of maintaining those products number two we have customers that want to get to the cloud often that's for cost reasons but also that's for operational efficiency reasons for their organization so cost and cloud are big drivers but the big thing that we see when we talk about modernization and, and i really like to talk about modernization versus replacement is because yep. typically what we're seeing is that customers want to do something with their content, with their information that they are struggling to do with these legacy platforms. So for us, where we really see success is companies who, yes, they're interested in cost savings. Yes, they have cloud initiatives, but what's really important to them is that they have a, a transformation initiative or a digital initiative that they really just can't get to with a file net, with a documentum, with some of these legacy offerings that are in the space. Well, you know, that's a, I think that's a great way to segue into so our next discussion area, which is, you know, this idea of modernization. And when we talk about, you know, content management and innovation, we think the future, not only for this area, but for all software is about intelligence. And that, you know, adding things like automation and something we're going to have about uh, relative to AI, we've kind of been referring to as intelligent content analytics, is really one of the ways we think it's going to be a game changer for understanding what's going on with your documents. I was pleased to see the work that Nuxia has been doing here with both text and image analytics. And you've got a new platform. So could you tell us a little bit more about what Nuxio Insights really is? Yeah, so Nuxio Insight is our AI and, and perhaps more accurately, our machine learning offering. Now, there's a lot of confusion in the space about machine learning and AI. So I like to be kind of specific about this. A lot of people offer, and, and we do too. In fact, when we got started with this a few years ago, it was all about plugging into, you know, various machine learning platforms from Google, from Amazon. So if you want to do OCR, we'd use TextRact. Uh, we use Google Vision for image recognition, things of that nature. So there are some great services out there, kind of what we call commodity AI services that are out in the marketplace. And we have what we call an enrichment framework. It's a standard method that we plug into these different services. Insight's something very different. If those are kind of commodity services and the challenge we see with commodity services is that they are trained as commodity models. And as a result, you don't get very business specific outcomes from those models. So what we've done with Insight is really offer a service to our customers that's much more focused on business specific outcomes, a kind of outcome based approach, if you will. And in order to get there, what we believe, Jim, and, and I think you're well aligned with us on this, is that we really need to have more custom models, models that are trained with our customers' own content, with their own data to really produce whether they're data values or image recognition or forms processing, text extraction, produce results that are unique to their business. 
that are driven by information that they have in their own four walls. So I'm not talking about training a common model with multiple customers information. What I'm really talking about is for each customer, we are able to build a set of very personalized business specific machine learning models that they then use to drive very business specific outcomes for their organization. You know, I think that's, that's pretty interesting and also pretty unique. Uh, in particular, some of the work you've been doing with customers around uh, image recognition sounded and looked pretty strong. Can you give us a little bit more on what you're doing with image analytics? Yeah, um, there's a lot of different use cases for machine learning. One of the very common ones on kind of the image side of the equation, more digital asset management oriented, is all around kind of product recognition. So as I mentioned earlier, we've got very large product organizations as customers. And as you can imagine, some of these are like multi-brand apparel conglomerates. So they've got literally thousands of products. And as they go to market, whether that's via the web, whether that's through print advertising, other forms of marketing, right, they need images related to all of these different products. And then you've got to think about, I market and sell in different global geographies. So I need different types of models and talent represented in those images. I need different backgrounds represented in those images. So very quickly you get to a point where you potentially have millions of different assets that you have to manage uh, in order to have an effective global campaign across all of these different brands and all of these different products. And Jim, the natural outcome of that is complexity. And the thing with these visual assets is they're not self-describing. It's a picture, right? There's no text in there that we can mine or OCR in order to tag. And this is a great example of the difference between tagging and what we're doing with Insight. So with a tag, I might look at an image and get some very generic values back telling me that there's a shirt in the picture or that there are shorts or a belt in the picture or that maybe the background is a beach scene. But with Insight, what we're able to do is actually go in there and identify what product it is, what shirt is it, what other products appear in that image. We can also identify who the particular model is. And if you think about things like rights management for talent, we have different contract periods in which we can use the image for different models. And of course that applies to celebrities also. We can identify shot types, we can identify uh, geolocations, and that's actually something we pull out of the picture. But as you begin to think about it, what we're really doing is building a rich set of information. Oh, by the way, if I know exactly what product it is, now I can plug into a PIM system and pull all sorts of very specific product related information back into the system. So when I think about the core challenge for digital asset management, which is how do I find and make the most effective use of all of these product images and all this product information, having that rich data and using AI to extract that data solves the biggest challenge they have. And now I got to do it at scale across millions of assets. So as we think about how we ingest those, and today in COVID, how I go back in and find existing images that I want to reuse for campaigns because I can't shoot new photos today, this becomes an incredibly valuable tool set for our customers. And a good example of why personalized kind of business specific AI is very different than, than some of these generic commodity services. But I think one of the other things that I noticed from Insights when we got a demo was the fact, I mean, you are working with customers on their specific needs, but your platform, your Insights platform looked very low code, meaning that to me, it looked like a business analyst could turn the dials to kind of tell the algorithm, you know, what the business analyst is looking for as far as the types of pictures or the things to look for. Can you talk a little bit about that low code nature? Because I think that's one of the things that really is going to be a head turner in the market for Insights. 
Yeah, good observation, Jim. And obviously, low code kind of thematically is a big point of focus for us as an organization. What we've really done with Insight, first and foremost, kind of under the covers, you know, what we really allow you to do is kind of configure a very specific custom model, extract the right data and content to train that model, push that to a service like Amazon SageMaker to do the actual training. And then we bring that model back and put it into production. So that's, that's kind of the plumbing that sits under Insight. But the critical thing with Insight and the, the release we just did from a low-code interface standpoint was all about providing point-and-click interface around that. So you're able to go through, it's almost like a wizard-driven experience where you go through, you select the data type, you select the very specific field values that you want to provide predictions for. We actually perform some analysis on the underlying data set to tell you how successful we think the training will be based on the values that you've selected, the data type you've selected, how you've configured your model. So we give you some intelligence through that process to kind of guide you along. We then do the training, bring that model back. And this is the piece that I think is most critical that a lot of people ignore, which is, hey, I build a model and now I'm going to put it out there in the wild and hope it works. Well, what we've done with Insight, our new interface, is give you a dashboard, which allows you to monitor the performance of the different models that you have in production or pre-production. We actually even version models. We use our own underlying infrastructure to have different versions of models, which is great because we can do things like rollback. We can even track the values that our models generate versus what humans generate. But the critical thing there is we also can take different versions of models and different models and compare their performance to one another. You can determine, hey, which model is performing better? How is it performing over time? And one of the real learnings that we've had is, A, it doesn't take a ton of data to train a model, but anytime you throw something brand new at a machine learning model, it won't guess, right? So over time, as you get more and more content in there and more and more new types, the performance kind of naturally degrades. And this is where we think about kind of this continuous improvement model. So we give you the tools to continually optimize, continually train, and to observe the performance of your model and really understand it in production. So that's what the new Insight user interface is really all about, Jim, is making it easy for even a business analyst to do that work. Yeah, well, you know, to us, I mean, we've covered AI for a while. I think this is the beginning of what we think is a shift where you're going to see, you know, still have data scientists on the team, but the business people, the business analysts are really going to be able to take the ball and kind of really drive the kind of things that they need to focus on relative to, you know, the, the, the tuning of the, of the focus as far as what they want the algorithm to focus on. So you've got the new product interface. You've been testing it with customers. What's the reaction been from customers that have had access to Insight so far? We're getting a lot of excitement, as you can probably imagine. We've had several kind of, we've, we've kind of progressed through the beta period. We now have customers that are in actual production, which is fantastic. But the, the really cool thing and what, what we're getting really good, consistent feedback on is that we're able to build models for so many different use cases, Jim. So we talked earlier about kind of the product identification piece and digital asset management use cases, but we're seeing content use cases. We have one customer that publishes all sorts of guidelines and policies and other information. And, and they have uh, multiple brands. It's a hotel company. They have multiple geographic locations. And every time they publish, they have to figure out, hey, for which location does this policy apply to? Well, we can use AI to figure that out and publish exactly the right information and give access rights to exactly 
the right users in the right geographies for the right hotel brands and completely automate that process. We're doing things like forms processing, really intelligent metadata extraction, not tagging, but actually going in and finding the right values, being able to pull those out. Automated records declaration is a, a new one that we've just gotten involved with. And even more recently, and this is where I get really excited, uh, we've begun to work with customers around a concept that I, I loosely call content lakes, but where they're able to leverage an existing pool of images and data and then cross compare new images against that and, and really kind of determine business outcomes. So I might be able to look at, for example, an accident photo and be able to quickly derive a damage estimate based on similar damage to similar models and makes of automobiles, for example, for an insurer. So probably a topic for an entirely other podcast, Jim, but this concept of being yep. able to tap into existing content and data and come up with entirely new business insights is, is kind of, we're just on the front edge of this, you know, and the AI piece is still pretty new for a lot of customers, but they're coming up with some really cool and really business value add kind of use cases. Well, we definitely should follow up on content links. That, that's pretty cool. So look, shifting gears a little bit, and we always ask this, but I'd be remiss if we didn't ask uh, how Nuxio has been coping during this COVID era. How have you been doing? How's it impacted you and, and your company? Yeah, the elephant in the room, right? So first and foremost, you know, kind of organizationally for us, it's funny. We're a very distributed organization. We've been pretty virtual since our founding. So frankly, operationally for our organization hasn't been a big deal. Uh, we do kind of culturally miss the opportunity to kind of get together with you know, fellow employees, but also customers, partners, yourself, face-to-face, -face, right? It's been a big change yep. since most of us travel quite a bit. From a company standpoint, we've done fantastically. We just issued a press release. We've had great revenue growth. Our ARR in Q2 was up more than 100% year over year. And actually, it was the first profitable quarter in our company history. So we've kind of gone from that, that funded startup to being self-sustaining, kind of a big uh, milestone for us organizationally. But, you know, what I don't want to do is kind of celebrate that in the larger context of, you know, what has really been disruptive for our customers in the way they operate and in the way they work. And, you know, working with very large banks, very large insurers and watching the impact that they've had on businesses that, you know, Jim, largely have traditionally been very centralized, based around big offices, large processing centers, particularly for like back office functions. We're talking about claims processing or policies things of that nature. So, so what it has really emphasized for us is kind of the continuing importance of digital transformation and really being a digital business. What we're, what we're seeing with our customers and kind of what's driving a lot of our growth right now is customers either who are continuing down that path of digitization and are really leveraging that as an opportunity to, to competitively differentiate themselves in, in this marketplace today, the other thing we're seeing is companies beginning to realize, hey, I've got to change and I have to evolve. And that's created a lot of interest from customers, again, who not just are looking for a competitive advantage, but in some cases are really looking at how do I ensure business continuity? How do I continue to operate, make good decisions, leverage my information effectively in an environment that, that really makes that difficult? So it's just been foundationally a lesson for us in terms of, look, we can talk about digital business from the standpoint of being more efficient. We can talk about it certainly in terms of how we bring products to market, become customer centric. And those are all important. But for a lot of our customers right now, it's just been about how do I continue to operate? How do I continue to sustain existing processes 
now that I can't operate a data center or excuse me, a customer contact center, or now that I can't operate a storefront or I can't bring my employees together in a big office location. Well, that's, that's great. And again, the last question as we start to wrap up this podcast is what's coming down the road for Nuxia? What's, what are you thinking about? What's on your roadmap? Where, where are you going from here? Cause you know, we've got tremendous growth. So got to have some ideas on where, where you go next. Yeah. I think the the key thing, Jim, and you know us, we always are are working on something because innovation is kind of what we're all about. So I'll give you some highlights, right? And when we think about our roadmap and kind of our strategy and how we're prioritizing on the product side, for us, it's really about artificial intelligence. It's about cloud and it's about low code. Um, We touched on all three of those topics earlier, actually. So on the AI and machine learning side, what we're really doing with Insight right now is focusing on a new human in the loop interface. So we enable kind of human in the loop interactions. We can push an object to an end user and have them confirm machine generated values today in our product. But what we're realizing is that, you know, from a user experience standpoint, it's just a much better way to do that. And we're kind of separating it from our standard interface. We can push this information across all sorts of different devices, mobile devices, so on and so forth. But the key thing is to simplify that interaction. So if I send someone a picture of you, for example, and I want to confirm that Jim Lundy is the talent, all I need is a yes, no, or I don't know type interface to have that validation of these machine generated values. So we've really kind of broken it down to an atomic level to make that much easier. And we've even added some components on the back end to support gamification, right? How do I encourage users to interact with this to provide those validations? And how do I kind of recognize and reward them for that behavior? On the cloud side, the, the really cool thing we're working on right now, we're almost done with it. We're, we're kind of ramping to the final few objects and, and getting to the reports, but we're doing a 10 billion object benchmark for our Nuxio cloud environment. So not a theoretical exercise about how Nuxio might scale up, but we've actually taken our Nuxio cloud environment on Amazon. We are loading 10 billion actual document objects into the system. And the goal there is not to prove that we can scale, we know that we can scale, but really to give our customers, and we have a large bank who over the next three years plans to get to 15 billion objects. So we wanna give them very intelligent guidance about how do you scale up? Where do you shard your database? How do you adopt a multi-repository approach? What are the best practices for running extremely large object sets on top of Nuxio and on top of Nuxio Cloud? The last piece, and I'll just real highlight, Jim, low code. I think this is so important for the future of these enterprise content platforms. And the reason why is just because I think historically ECM systems were so difficult to build on and develop on. You got your first solution out there, maybe your second solution, then you got tired and kind of gave up on it. And it's hard to be a platform if you're hard to build on top of. So, you know, directionally, we've kind of said, look, low code, low code, low code. And we've taken our studio environment, we've implemented a new visual design paradigm for how we build UIs, kind of a drag and drop interface. And we're continuing to iterate on that to make it really a true WYSIWYG experience so that, you know, the ultimate goal is, you know, to take what has historically been kind of six to nine month deployment times and compress those down, you know, I think intermediately six to nine weeks. But I think we can get to a point very quickly where people can be kind of building and iterating applications in a much more agile way in two to three weeks. So that's it from an innovation standpoint, or at least a high level piece. A lot going on, um, but we're really excited about where we are and where we're going. Well, definitely there's a lot going on in Nuxio, and that's very, uh, very good kind of update on what's going on with you and with uh, with Nuxio. 
I'd like to thank you for spending some uh, great quality time with us today. I think it was very informative. For our audience, for more information, you can go to both Nuxio.com as well as ArragonResearch.com. This podcast will be available in both places. And like I said, there's a lot going on in the enterprise content management market. It's not about the legacy stuff anymore. It's really about modernizing. And Chris, I'd like to thank you for giving us a great update on Nuxio and, and also on you. Thank you. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me.